Hello, Secret Keepers. We all contain multitudes. Just some of us have more interesting layers to their onion than the others. Today's guest multitudes include dancing, teaching, and gaming, all while developing a dangerous addiction to TCG pack popping. Games with Gabe is here to talk all about that and so much more on today's episode of the Megamoth Studios Super Secret Podcast. Shh. Don't tell anybody about it. Welcome back to the show, Secret Keepers. I'm your host, Bear Performer Advocate, Joel Watts, joined as always by uh, Bear Scriptwriter Apologist, Danny. And today we are joined by Gabe of, <laughs> of Games with Gabe. How are you doing today, Gabe? I'm doing good. And I just want to say, I love your shirts. I don't know if this is planned, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we like it. It's always, it's always like nice when there's a matching. Yeah. You're looking sharp there. I think black and white is your colors, man. I know. I think so too, but thanks for having me well, on guys. I'm excited. You're welcome. Excited for you and me. so today we're going to be talking with Gabe about things such as dancing and teaching and content creation. But before we get into that, I'd like, I'd hate to dance around this issue, but are you two ready for the question of the week? Uh, yeah. Are you good, are you good there, Danny? Not really. Did I, did I get you with that one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so much cringe in such a small amount of time. <laughs> I try to I try to pack it in. All right. So today's question of the week, uh, we came up with right before the show. Danny was inspired by this one, uh, for this one. Um what so Gabe, you you, you can start. What is the best dance sequence in cinema? All right, so this was so hard for me. When you when you sent me this, I was like, I don't know that this is possible, but I had to go with the one that came to my mind first, and it was split. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, like, my number one and then an honorable mention. Okay? okay, okay. So for me, it's America from West Side Story, and the honorable mm. mention is also from West Side Story, um, and it's actually the gym scene, the gym dance scene. Uh, so those two right away, but I thought of Newsies, I thought of On the Town, I thought of Gene Kelly. There were like there were so many, and I was like, I feel feels wrong to like the others aside, but you know it's okay. No, that complete makes complete sense. There's so many good ones to choose from, and I, I, for me, unfortunately, the dance number is something that's most associated with musicals, and for some odd reason, it seems like people hate on musicals they just can't wrap their mind around the fact that they that fun can be had in the cinema you don't have to be a con consistent reality is not something that storytelling is about i really feel sorry for these people they just don't have any joy in their life but it is a situation where i don't feel like I, like the most recent musical that comes to mind is la la land which had some decent dance numbers but yeah when i thought about this too i had to go back into the past and I think the, uh, what is it? Make him laugh from singing in the yeah. rain. I mm -hmm. love that scene. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one like him just running up the walls is just phenomenal and a true, you know, human achievement. Well, you know, what's really crazy about that scene is it's mm -hmm. a one take scene. So really? there's yeah. no, if you, if you rewatch it, you'll see that the camera mm -hmm. is just moving and it's just set. So the fact that he did that all in one take is like insane. Like normally yeah. it's like dance 30 seconds. Okay. Cut change angles. Okay. Go again. So mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. 
I actually owe it to myself now that I'm thinking about it. Who is that, uh, the dance or the choreographer who made a few movies, all that jazz and, um, what did he make? Fosse? Fosse, yeah. yeah. I need to watch yeah. his films. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, it's like, and then you're like, I'm leaving out Bob Fosse and I'm like, oh my gosh. But you want to know one that's <laughs> probably no, you want to know a dance scene that probably nobody really knows about. What's that? Unless What's you're that? into, unless you're into, did you guys see the new, it's, I guess, semi new. It's called RRR on netflix oh. it's like a bollywood movie oh no it's a cool i know it reputation but i don't know i haven't seen the movie but yeah it's so good so it's like ridiculously long it's like almost four hours but there's uh -huh. one dance scene there's one dance scene in the movie and uh it's phenomenal yeah I'll just i'll leave it at that Right. I heard that that dance scene burnt down the theaters and, and theaters that, you know, cities you could go and see it here in America, which is basically like New York and L.A. Uh, yeah. That scene was just on fire. I feel it's like so we should good. do a live react to that. Yeah, you should. We could. We could do it now. Mm -hmm. We could do it later in the episode. Who knows? That could have been the something it's really, random. It's a really long clip. I'll tell you that. All that right, we'll be, do it. It would be a long yeah. supplemental <laughs> content. Be like, be like well, I also... I also think context is king, so we're going to have to watch the entire movie up until the dance scene. So we're going to be here yeah. a while, gentlemen. Uh, okay, I prefer right. as little context though. as possible, especially when I'm telling stories about Joel. So, well, Danny, uh, why don't you give yeah. as little context as possible and tell us your favorite dance number from a movie? All right, I know so there's so many, but I went I went a really different direction with this, and I just kind of went more like a, a movie scene featuring dance that was really iconic and also something that like kind of tied into my personal life. Um, so I went with I went with the uh, stuck in the middle with you dance scene from Reservoir Dogs when uh, Michael Madsen cuts the police officer's ear off, and uh, the reason I went for this uh, besides being just an amazing scene was when I was in high school, me and my friends were like obsessed with that. And we all decided to go to senior prom dressed as the Reservoir Dogs. And I was Michael Madsen's character. And I bought boots for it. And I had a switchblade in my boot. It was a switchblade comb. So. <laughs> I was like, dang, Danny, you were crazy. <laughs> I went hard, yeah. yeah. Yes. And uh, I cut a teacher's ear off. No, uh, it was it was, yeah. uh, it was good. I had a fake cigarette. I was just smoking the whole time. And, you know. Uh, but, yeah. So that, that dance sequence definitely... Uh, Caused me to buy a pair of boots, which I'm pretty sure is the reason I'm divorced right now, uh, even though it was many years before. But Katie really hated the boots. So here we are. It's a knock on effect. You know, the, we're talking about like butterfly effect kind of stuff. A hundred percent, you know. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Joel? Lay it on us. Well, no, I already said it was the. You did uh, La La Land. Make, well, no, no, I did make, make him, him laugh. Uh, Harry and the Hendersons. La La Land, but then you said make him laugh. Okay. Yeah, I said La La Land was just the most recent musical I could think of, which yeah. I felt like was one musical number away from being truly a musical. I felt like they were missing one musical number in that movie. Yeah, that I was my criticism. That. Yeah, I think it was. That, like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of dance and cinema now that's not like musical theater related. Like, yeah. did you guys see Joker? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there you yes. go. Like his, whole, his whole improv scene in the bathroom mm -hmm. when he's just like, after he killed all, spoiler alert, he killed people. <laughs> um, yeah. Joker. <laughs> Uh, and where's but yeah, makeup? like, yeah, he's, he's looks, he does his own makeup. I'm sure he does. <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> I guess, I guess there's still that urge to see dancing in, in movies. It's just like, I think people are feeling like they have to find a way to justify the characters doing it instead of like yeah, the yeah. classic Hollywood musical or a musical period where people just dance. The emotions are just there for you to dance. Yeah. My I mean, runner up musicals yeah. in general, you hate it or you love it. 
It's like yeah. it's like I think it's like sci-fi. Like people like love sci-fi, or they're like sci-fi so childish. I don't understand it. You know, it's kind yeah. of like mm-hmm. uh, unless it's Star Wars then or Harry Potter then. <laughs> A lot of Harry Potter adults. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think my runner-up was going to be Time Warp, Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's a lot of midnights also in high school. Uh, we uh, we got up to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Did y'all ever do Midnight Rocky Horror in high I school? Uh, I I never did it. Yeah. But I also I did, I wasn't into musicals until later. So I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, for whatever reason, cross dressing and going to Rocky Horror was a good thing for us. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little, I was a good Catholic boy and did not go to any Rocky Horror Picture shows. <laughs> I was a bad Catholic boy and did so. Yeah, <laughs> it was Excellent. weird. They would like uh, everyone if it was your first time there. They'd draw V's and lipstick on your on your face to show that you were a Rocky Horror virgin, and then they'd make you get up on stage and act things out with an inflatable pig. It was it was a wow. whole scene. Yeah, yeah, they, I definitely never did that, but I'm okay, okay with that. So. All right, well. <laughs> Very, very intense. Ever dreamed of embarking on legendary quests, unlocking hidden secrets, and discovering untold riches? Dive into the world of X, Seekers of Fortune. It's the game that's soon to be taking the internet by storm. Sign up today at xseekersoffortune.com and start your journey to greatness. Remember, fortune favors the bold. See you there. All right, Gabe. Well, I think we've touched a lot on at least dancing and cinema, but we definitely want to get into your history with dancing and board games. And I always like to start out by asking folks, um, did did you grow up in a gaming household? I will say yes, but for like classic games, like my brother Uh and I played Stratego a lot. Um, I love that. Uh, Risk, Lord of the Rings Risk. Uh, I, you know, like life. A little bit of Monopoly, not as much as I think other people. Um, Parcheesi, mm-hmm. uh, a ton of card games. So my my grandma, when she was alive, she was like the epitome of like an old Jewish New York <laughs> grandma. Yeah. And okay. she would just always be playing like rummy and spades and all these. And so I would I would play with, I played a lot of rummy with her. Um, but then I think when I was in high school, I got introduced to Settlers of Catan, of course. Uh, mm. I enjoyed the that. First, and the gateway. Oh yeah, the gateway, right? And so mm-hmm. I got introduced to that and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then I didn't really, you know, touch it after that. And then when I was in college, <laughs> what got me hooked on modern board games was uh Killer Bunnies. Mm. So I played Killer Bunnies and I just was like, This is hilarious. It's about bunnies eating cabbage and drinking water, but they're also like killing each other and I'm trying mm. to kill other people's bunnies. So <laughs> I I guess I have a dark sense of humor. But um <laughs> I, I I really loved that game. And so then after that, I started, you know, finding, like, Cards Against Humanity and, like, you know, Apples, Apples, all, all that stuff. And then, as forward, uh, I'm playing games with, with people when I can, but I'm, my whole life is, like, dance, like, eating, breathing, worshipping dance, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to a point where I was like, I need something in my life that is not dance-related because mm-hmm. I was getting really burnt out. I was like, I'm just, I could, you know, I guess I could wait tables. I bartended for years. I worked a bunch of different jobs. And then a friend of mine was like, well, you know, they're opening a board game restaurant up in your neighborhood. And I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. So I look it up. They actually weren't opened yet, but they were having pop-ups at like different bars and stuff. So I went to a pop-up event and they had like 
couple they had like 200 games and it was uh-huh. just like this husband wife team and some of their friends who were volunteering and they were just you know teaching board games and it was like a game night so i was like oh okay and so i just went up to them and i said hey you know i'm looking for work i know you're opening up a restaurant i'd love to help out and um uh, i was their first employee and it's called game theory restaurant and bar and still exists it's in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, oh. I started waiting tables there because I had a lot of experience doing that. But mm-hmm. I started learning how to play board games because while I was working there, I realized people people gave me better tips when I could teach them games. Uh-huh. So mm. I would, and if I taught them one game, they were like, "Wow, do you know every game?" I'm like, "No, I don't know every <laughs> game." Uh, but I started memorizing just a lot of them. And mm-hmm. the way my brain works, I'm just able to remember rules really well. So it's like one of my hidden talents is I could just like read a rule book or watch Rodney Smith once. And then I kind of just, it just kind of clicks for me. Mm, yeah. I mean, I win, I lose most of the time, but I at least know how to, <laughs> how to play. Um, and eventually when I was working at Game Theory, they were finally like, well, do you want to like help curate our game library? And you could just be like our game master. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I was like, sure. So then my job switched from waiting tables to like curating their game library. And that's when I started realizing just how, I guess how deep the rabbit hole goes. <laughs> I was like looking up all of these different types of games. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, start a TikTok channel, start an Instagram channel. And, uh, I'm basically just going to do it as a way to find other games and maybe I could like steer people towards uh, game theory. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that and I'm very type A. So going into it, I was like, I'm going to know how to do this perfectly before I even attempt it. Like the dancer mm-hmm. and me and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to, uh, you know, TikTok board games uh, and Danny Stranding and, um, I just emailed them cold and I was like, Hey, I want to start a channel, uh, any tips. And they both responded. Danny actually like, uh, FaceTimed with me and she oh, was oh. like the sweetest person ever and gave me all this great advice. And, um, back board games, he was like, make seven videos and then tell me about it. I'll watch them and I'll give you feedback. And I was like, all right. So after I did seven posts, I uh-huh. was like, Hey, here's my videos. And he literally sent me back like the constitution like an email just like tearing them apart he was like you're painting yes. too quickly you're not getting close enough here you're, the color looks weird you're pausing too much when you talk like all of this and it was really good feedback yeah um, he was giving you feedback about like layers deep that you wouldn't even have been yeah. thinking about at that what, point like knowing how these processes yeah. go like we're only now thinking about color theory uh or yeah. you know on um you know our our videos and that's that's amazing that he was getting you that feedback that early. Yeah, so that was great. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to keep doing this. But I kind of went about the wrong way. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. just going to be a TikTok board game. So I'm just going to like make the videos the way he makes them and try to kind of like replicate. Yeah. And it just stopped being fun for me. I was like, mm-hmm. then I just started getting stressed because I was like getting all these <laughs> games in the mail and I couldn't keep up with I couldn't keep up with it because I was also in grad school. And so I was like drowning because my grad school program was pretty intense. Um, I took a break. I stopped like in, it was October of 21. And then in July of 2022, I started back again. Mm -hmm. No, 
2023, sorry, July of 2023, I started back again this past July. Uh, and then I was like, I'm just going to have fun and do it the way that I want to do it. And I'm going to put, you know, try to do some funny skits and just see what happens. And that's when I felt like I actually started meeting people in the board gaming community and making friends and it was way more fun doing it that way. That's awesome. How so many... that's kind of, I know that was kind of all over the place, but I feel like I started with like this weird journey, but, uh, and now I'm here with you. How many creators are in the Dallas Fort Worth area? Mm-hmm. I know, I know Matt Ryan's there, right? Matt, Matt Ryan just moved there. Um, don't know honestly that many that are in dfw i know curvin mm-hmm. is moving back to houston he's here so he'll be yeah. in houston mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. oh yeah there's dads and dice i don't know them but mm-hmm. they're uh like 45 minutes away from me and uh they were just featured on like board game geek as like the content creators of the month oh that's cool so, oh okay. i think need... i think they primarily have a youtube channel like that's their main source but they're also on tiktok mm-hmm. and instagram um, well it I would say, and this is like, you know, a little pro tip for anybody who is on YouTube and might be doing a podcast, just cut it up and put it on TikTok. If you do nothing else on TikTok, but post clips of your podcast, you're going to be doing fine. And you'll have the same shorts that you would use for YouTube to use on your, on your TikTok feed. Yeah. That's basically how we, we, why we started the podcast was just to make TikTok content easier. We're just like, well, if Mm -hmm. we do this and we can cut up a bunch of it and we're not having to make individual videos every day and then. We still end up making yeah. a lot of videos directly for TikTok, but we I, we should say for the record, you make a lot of videos for TikTok, and we I really appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> what I guess you know, as the ignorant person here, and you know, Danny can you know like weigh in on this one too. But how long does it take you, Gabe, to make like an original video? And what what if people were to go to your TikTok right now, what kind of yeah. video content could they expect from you? Um, I think it depends on the video mm-hmm. I make. If I'm doing, if a publisher has reached out to me and they ask me specifically for an overview, because usually I do overview videos and then I'll do like some random funny skits and some unboxings as well. But when I'm doing an overview video, you know, I'm trying to get it into a minute and give them, this is basically the the overall concept of the game mm-hmm. and just get mm-hmm. you curious. And if you're if it piques your curiosity, then maybe you buy it and actually play it. No, but a video like that will take me 45 minutes to an hour. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's just because I'm really trying to think about every angle that I'm shooting from how Mm -hmm. I like when I am explain when you hear my voice in the video, you'll notice my voice always syncs up to the action that I'm doing in the video. So if I say roll dice, you're going to little see me roll dice. I'm not going to say rolling dice. And then you'll see me like pointing to something or fanning cards. Um, Mm -hmm. because I know people are very visual, so they need to hear it and see it at the same time. So that can take a Mm -hmm. minute. And then it's also respecting the publisher's lingo, Mm -hmm. because uh, some publishers, like, they don't call it victory points. They call it lore, right? So if I'm making the Mm -hmm. video, I'm not going to say victory points if in their rule book they say lore. Mm -hmm. No, I'll try to to respect that, because they worked really hard to create this world, you know, and Mm -hmm. they they want gamers to enjoy it in that way. Um, yeah. But then my, mm-hmm. my funny short videos, they could take anywhere from five minutes to some of these lip sync ones that I've been doing recently are pretty challenging, uh, mm-hmm. trying to like lip sync and actually talk as fast as some of these people do. <laughs> and sometimes those take an annoyingly long time. Hmm. What, what do you what, have about this game? 
what, what, what kind of a, you mentioned talking to Danny uh, early on uh, when you wanted to get into to advice. So I've got a couple questions. One is, what piece of advice do you think you would give to new people now that you didn't get then? So like, I guess it's one question really, but it's, yes. it's just like, what, what, uh, what piece of advice didn't you get that you would give people? This is for people that are wanting to do content creation. Correct. Right? Yeah. Specifically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I think actually I got good advice. I just didn't follow it. Okay. Like Danny, Danny from the very beginning was like, hey, don't be a perfectionist. Like just start to make content and you'll kind of find your own voice as you're making content. And I was like, okay. And then instead of not caring, like not, not caring, but caring less, being a little bit gentler with it, I like so type a that i felt like everything had to be perfect so i just mm -hmm. wasn't happy with anything i was making i also wasn't trying to find my own voice i was just trying to replicate what i saw other people doing mm -hmm. um so mm -hmm. i would say don't do what i did and actually listen to danny's advice <laughs> and different danny be no okay. one listened to my advice joel will confirm. oh yeah sorry different <laughs> like yeah like make the make the content that you want to make and you'll kind of find your voice as that goes on, I think a great example of this is actually DG. Uh, mm -hmm. on, uh, like his stuff is so good. And I feel like he's, I, I feel, I mean, I haven't met him in person, but I think that's who he really is. Like I can kind of sense like the authenticity through his videos. He's very funny. He's very likable. Um, and I think he did a really good job of just being like, this is who I am. This is my nerdy self. And this is what I think about board games. Um, yeah. DG took off like a rocket and, ship. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's doing so well, and it and it depends on what kind of content you want to do too. Yeah, like mm -hmm. I do some funny stuff. But I'm most of my channel is overviews, mm -hmm. which I've kind of been debating how much longer I want to like stick to that formula mm -hmm. because it's a lot of work, yeah. um, a lot of hours, and uh, I'm also realizing like I love TikTok for the connections mm -hmm. that it mm -hmm. that it that it's brought me. But I really like dealing with people in person too. So when I go to conventions, I feel like that's actually where I shine is because I think my strength is actually like networking in person. Mm -hmm. um, but trying to actually do more of that. Okay. No, that I, makes and my advice sense. was the advice was don't do what I did. <laughs> do what Danny said going back. Make a bunch of videos and you have to just learn like make a video and make three of those videos. Uh -huh. post all three of them and if none of them do well then you're like okay maybe i need to change it up and then yeah. try three different ways like maybe it's first person third person you know uh maybe you try throwing some humor in there and if you're like god this feels really awkward then maybe you don't want to make funny content you know yeah um don't don't force it so okay I, I, and that's what I hear that advice for almost everything. I mean, any musician, they often yeah. say like the first few songs a musician writes is just a bad knockoff version of their favorite musicians, you know, their, their, their inspiration. And then eventually through doing that process, they learn to write songs and they learn how to make their own music. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite bands, they took them like three or four albums of just sounding like bad Led Zeppelin, bad uh, Pink Floyd in order to come into their own. Though I totally get that. Um, is that Dave Matthews band? Yeah. <laughs> one of the full, he's like one of the few bands. I don't know too much about him, but it does seem like Dave Matthews came out fully formed, but with their first record, no, that was the flaming lips that I was referring to. Oh, okay. Fair. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. Um, well, we got a pretty good like, and we went deep onto your your gaming history and like uh, basically yeah. got the whole overview. So we might as well ask about your dancing history. What made you pursue dancing, and you know where had where did that take you? Sure, I'll do this in a shorter version. Than <laughs> okay. Uh, so I grew up playing sports, mostly hockey. I played hockey till I was uh, eighteen, and I was pretty good at it. Um, but I was also a terrible student. I went to five different schools uh, before high school. I just kept getting kicked out. I oh, was wow. in a lot of trouble uh, a lot of the time. And then I cheated all the way through high school. So I had terrible grades. And I was like, all right, I can't get into college. So I was going to join the Army or the Marines. And then uh, I had this teacher that was, they, they were like, hey, there's this free, uh, well, I should backtrack. Students from NYU. Mm -hmm. came to my high school and they did a creative movement class so you okay. know it's like they're playing music and they're giving you exercises like run over here jump this way roll here and i was like oh this is kind of fun like i liked i was drawn to the athleticism of it at first mm -hmm. and then uh through that i got introduced to the young dance makers company which is a free summer program for we'll call it underprivileged youth uh, in new york city and uh I was like, all right. So I did that the summer going into my senior year of high school. And it's all focused on improvisation. And then they also give you the opportunity to choreograph and you get to work with uh, a professional company in New York. They give you some master classes. And then on top of that, they take you to see performances. And so I got to see American Ballet Theater do Giselle. And then I got to see a, another different, a different modern contemporary company called... Uh, blanking on it now but it's okay <laughs> but i was so moved by these performances and so fast forward now i'm about to graduate mm -hmm. have no no college perspectives because i blew it and so they were like you know they're always looking for guys at dance departments and so i was like oh so i went to one audition and i didn't know what i was doing but they didn't have any men in their department so they accepted me because they were like, you're big. You could you could lift things. So we're going to just take you. <laughs> we in. got this desk over here. Yeah. yeah. So they, they brought me into now. that school, brought me into mm -hmm. that university. I was only there for two years because it wasn't – I'm not going to name it because the dance program was pretty weak. Mm -hmm. But I was kind of like, look, if I really want to pursue this because I was falling more in love with dance. I was like, I need to go somewhere that's going to like really train me the way I need to be trained. Yeah. I then transferred to a university in Jackson, Mississippi, which was very bizarre. Uh, from New York. From New York, yeah. So that was very <laughs> weird. Um, but I went to Jackson, Mississippi. It was a conservatory there. And wow. the training was really vigorous and not always healthy, but produced results. Um, and then I got, I was very fortunate. I uh, got a job before I graduated with one of the largest modern companies in the world called Paul Taylor Dance Company. I was in the second company there. And yeah. that was like a freak thing that like does not happen to people. And then I was able to consistently work, uh, which for an artist sometimes can be challenging. Sure. And I eventually um, I met my wife, my now wife in college, and we were doing long distance uh, for like two and a half years. And we were finally at a point in the relationship where it was like, we either need to move to the same city or break up. Mm -hmm. because yeah. this is not going to work. And she's with Texas Ballet Theater here in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm -hmm. So there was only one company that I was interested in, and that's called Bruce Wood Dance Company in Dallas, Texas. And I was like, I'll go audition there, but if I don't get a job, we're probably going to break up. 
<laughs> and I got a job. That is like the highest stake. That's a movie worthy stakes right there. I got an yeah, audition. Well, don't worry. If I don't get it, this is over. We're, we're done. Yeah. She was, she was also nervous. She was also nervous. We were like, I remember us standing by the phone when I was expecting the call. Like, am I going to get this job? Like what's going to uh -huh. happen? Um, so long story short, I got the job and I loved it there. I stayed there for six years at that company. Did oh, you wow. tell them during the interview that you were going to dump your girlfriend if you didn't get the gig? <laughs> Talk about, I should have. Yeah, that's like that's like going. I need this it's job. Bad I want to yeah, yeah. Um, like you're going to end my relationship. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I loved my time there. And then as I was there, I realized I really loved choreographing and teaching, and that was more fulfilling and performing uh, for mm -hmm. me. And nice. so then I. Uh, was very again just very fortunate i went to the university of arizona on a full ride no you were in tucson uh, I didn't know you were in tucson yeah that's I was where i'm from two years yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah you have a go uh bear down right were they uh did they rent eg's before or after you got there sorry say that again eg's did you ever eat eg's while you were in tucson I never, I never went to EG's. Oh my it looked god! Too shady. Oh my god! Too shady. Oh my god! It's a, it's a institution. It's an institution. Well, now not anymore. Apparently, they sold it, and like the people who bought it ruined the signature menu item. But have you been to EG's recently? Uh, because I'll not tell you like... what, driving, <laughs> driving through Tucson, it looks like it looks like a worse Waffle House if you can imagine oh. that. Oh no! That no, type no. of place. You've been there, Joel. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying it seems like it's changed since we went there. I, no, they, they gave the whole thing up. It must have been like a weird location that you found. No. Yeah. But unfortunately, like... I never went. Maybe I'll go back and I'll, I'll give it a shot. But Not anymore. Um, it's, 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 it jumped the shark, apparently. So, anyway, I you... finished my master's there and was very fortunate and got a job as a professor of dance here at Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. And mm -hmm. I'm still doing board game stuff. Wait, um, TCU. Oh, I have a relative who went to TCU. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. How long were you in Arizona for? How long were you in Tucson? It's only a two-year program. So it's like a really intense, they like squish at what you should do in three years into two years. So mm -hmm. you don't really eat or sleep, uh, but you get but you graduate <laughs> a year early. Oh, when do when do dancers eat? I thought you we just eat, smoked. We eat a lot. That's a, no, that you, is a huge, that is a huge... Uh, Policy, I'll say that. What is, okay. We just have to eat. We have to. We have to eat help. We have to eat a lot of protein. We got to carb up. Uh, mm -hmm. At least when you're working at a high level, it's just yeah. not possible. I mean, like, like imagine you know being in the NBA. I know that sounds like a ridiculous comparison, but it's really not. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And trying to be like, I'm gonna play this game, but I'm gonna only, I'm gonna only drink smoothies. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. So yeah, you you moved to Arizona for the program after you got the gig in Dallas, and so did your wife move with you, or was it like, hey, no, we're gonna we go long, long distance, distance again? again. <laughs> yeah, we did long distance again for two years, uh, and that was you know so much fun. Um, Racking up the phone no, bill here. I know we actually did a pretty good job. I I, I think we did a pretty good job. We kind of had a plan where we were like once a month, either I'm gonna come see you or you're gonna come see me. And mm -hmm. so we, and of course we like would FaceTime every night, um, which sometimes was hard because Arizona doesn't do daylight savings. So no. sometimes there's a two hour difference 
And yeah. it's like midnight by her, 10 o'clock by me. We're both exhausted and we're like, I love you so much. But we're like half awake, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that I noted from your story that I wanted to go back and ask about is uh, from my experience. And I, I, you know, this might be the difference between men dancers and women dancers or something. But usually if you're a dancer that reaches the highs that you reached, you have to start very young. Are you an exception or is this something that's just like um, that, 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 what, what, the word yeah. that uh, stereotype applies more to uh, women who get into dance? It, it definitely applies more towards women. Uh, okay. I, I think um, simply because women go through puberty earlier than men. And so mm -hmm. it's also uh, a lot harder for women to get jobs in dance because it's a mm -hmm. lot more competitive. There's just a lot more of them. Um, but there are quite a few men that start dancing later um, that can still get a job. But I would also say like, it's not the most common thing for someone to start and then be able to like have an amazing career. If you started at like 17, 18, um, I think it just depends on the individual. I think uh, mm -hmm. it depends how much work you're willing to put in and how much you're willing to sacrifice. Um, mm -hmm. As much as I love dancing and what it, what it uh, brought to my life, it, you know, I, I couldn't go to a lot of weddings. I had to miss a lot of funerals. You can't just take off to go see family. So you have to kind of be willing to sacrifice all of that for mm -hmm. the sake of your art. That's okay. a lot. I have a question for you. So, and, and if you don't want to answer this, you don't have to answer it. We don't have to talk about this. And, and, and you've heard us talk to Will. I mean, he's oh, the editor. About yeah, this. He's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned you, you mentioned some t like having some some struggles in school with academic performance, and I know that we've talked offline about um, some of your, uh, your your you have a dyslexia. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And OCD, ADHD, uh, but I wasn't diagnosed with anything growing up because mm -hmm. in the '90s mm -hmm. in New York, if you got diagnosed with anything, they would put you in the same room as someone who had like Down syndrome. Like they didn't really yeah. have like they didn't really cater to the student at all. Mm -hmm. My parents were like, we thought it would be better for you to just go through school. Um, then white to knuckle to it, get you, get you diagnosed. But I, uh, mm -hmm. I think that was actually an error on their part, honestly. Like I think mm -hmm. me not being diagnosed and not being, I don't know, like treated for it in some way or medicated at all. Um, I just like really struggled in school. Part of it was like, I was kind of just a, a rebellious teenager. Like I, a lot of pot and did other stuff and mm -hmm. and fights and stuff like that um wanted to be the class clown and, and all that sort of stuff but i mm -hmm. also think i was just doing that because i was always told that i was stupid because mm -hmm. i like just could i just couldn't pass my tests i couldn't do anything and so mm -hmm. i was like well if i'm stupid i might as well be athletic or i might as mm -hmm. well be funny like if i can't yeah. be smart mm -hmm. um, so i just kind of used it to disguise because it was just really stemming from a place of insecurity. How old were you yeah. when you realized that, that that was just an insecurity, that you really weren't stupid? You were just like having different challenges than other people were? Because that's the problem with the education system, right? Yeah. It's very much one size fits all. And yeah. even having ADHD and going through the education system is a nightmare. You stack OCD and dyslexia on top of that. And then, you know, the deck is really stacked against you in the education system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like when I was... I, I will say I struggled with it for a while. Like I had to go to therapy, honestly, to like, as a, and which I propose everyone should go to therapy. hundred percent. 100%. Um, 100%. But, uh, this uh, podcast the, is therapy approved. 
I think, um, honestly, when I started dancing professionally, like out of college, maybe at the end of college, I started realizing like, you can't be dumb and work at this level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, this high, the, the, it, there's so much pressure. You have to pick up choreography so quickly. People's lives are literally in your hands when I'm throwing people and things like mm -hmm. that. And uh, mm -hmm. you're memorizing patterns and music and counts. And I'm like, if I was stupid, I wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah. Um, and I think that really helped. Uh, and then I just realized I had, I started learning different strengths that I had. And I think that also helped when you're like, oh, I'm also maybe good at this thing and you know, whatnot. And I'm not just athletic, but I have other, other talents. Um, oh, I'm sure once you started getting into board gaming and started seeing like, you know, how yeah. dense of rules you can learn. Like, what is the most yeah. complicated board game that you've played for fun? May I ask? most complicated one that i paid i don't honestly know <laughs> okay. i'm like what is the most complicated game i don't know maybe uh i mean root comes to mind as like something that mm -hmm. looks like fun but it's pretty complex but mm -hmm. even like when i first after the killer bunnies like i got into like uh cosmic encounters was like i just kind of jumped to that which if you haven't mm -hmm. played cosmic encounters it's been around for like ever it's like risk but with aliens from outer space and everyone gets their own alien race oh, and cool. you're trying to take over other planets in different people's galaxies but nice. it i think the it can be i would consider it complex but i like kind of i didn't really do like let's go to apples to apples like <laughs> i was like okay i'll play apples to apples but i'm also gonna like do cosmic encounters and so uh yeah i don't know i have very selective memory you can ask my <laughs> wife all about it like she'll tell me what, yeah, what, I'm what sure we're she'll tell us tomorrow. a lot about that. Oh, she'll tell you a lot about it. Yeah. I like, I can't remember what I did yesterday and I can't remember what she told me an hour ago, which is something I'm working on. Uh, mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, like I have photo photogenic memory so I can remember images. I can remember like, rule books and videos that I've seen. Do you um, remember action X cards that you played? <laughs> uh, I do remember some of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, cool. I, 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 well, when I think of it, I think of the colors and the person that I saw. Uh -huh. So okay. I remember, I remember the one card that I really liked playing. It was a blue background and it looked like a, I think it was a female uh -huh. on the front and you had the ability to, uh, what are the, what are the maps called in the middle that you're trying to get the colors of? Uh, the adventures or the leaves? Adventures. Mm -hmm. She leads. Yeah. Leads. leads are the ones that you have, mm -hmm. Yeah. So. She had the ability to, uh, I think it was like, swap my lead with my my opponent's lead or something like that. Mm -hmm. but I think I think you're talking about silence the ability. ego. I, and it's at the time it was discard the leads in your hand and draw that many uh, plus one. Okay, it was something to yeah, that yeah. extent, and I was like, I remember the blue and the female, and so <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like that. Yeah, nice. Um, I felt like there was one more question I wanted to ask you before we launched into some, um, the other topics. Oh, uh, just curious. Cause I always want to know this when it comes to TikTok, was TikTok your first, like I'm trying this social media app or did you try to get something going on on Instagram or Facebook before that when it comes to building an audience? Did, uh, I actually did TikTok and Instagram at the same time. So I started okay. with both cause I heard people that they were like hey you should just post on both and mm -hmm. see which one grows faster and then kind of maybe cater a little bit towards more towards that mm -hmm. which i don't know if i agree with that but i started with both with both and um i just kept posting on um, both of them 
Um, and I love both of them for different reasons. Like they actually both have their own communities. Like yeah. there's like board game Instagram and like board game TikTok, you know, and <laughs> there is a lot of crossover, but like, even when I went to PAX Unplugged, there were a, a group of people from Instagram that I was meeting up with. And then there was a group of people from TikTok I was meeting up with. So that's awesome. What, what, who are the, uh, who are the people on Instagram that aren't on TikTok? Cause that we we really only know the the TikTok community. We the we are I, on Instagram, but we don't really engage the same way. Yeah. Um. Well, I think now I'm gonna have to. Now I'm on the spot. <laughs> All right. Take your time. We can. Uh, we'll edit this out to make it look like. Yeah. Okay. Let me make Gabe look a little quicker on the draw. I will say there are some people that are more recently on TikTok now that were on Instagram for a while first, like Board and Shields. Okay. Uh, I love his stuff. Like he, he does great reviews. If you want like a good review on a board game, like board and shield also like obsessed with board games. Like she, I think started on Instagram and then went to TikTok. But I think it's because there was a lot of buzz. Like people were like, Oh, there's a lot going on on TikTok with board gaming. So people started uh. from Instagram over. Um, mm -hmm. Then look at this. Let's see. Following. Only going to go to my friend everybody else uh well oranger full sam yes, sam mm -hmm. started on instagram and she's like i feel like she's like the fairy godmother of like board game social media like she just kind of <laughs> like connects everybody she like is always willing to play with you on bga so um, i actually just mailed her like a bunch of lorcana cards because, really nice uh well, she bought a starter you're deck. You're spreading the disease now, sir. <laughs> I know. Well, she bought a starter deck, but she uh -huh. can't find any boosters. Like, there's no product yeah. near her. And so uh -huh. I kind of took cards that I had extra of, oh. and I just, yes. like, was like, I'll just ship these to you. They're not, you know, they're commons and uncommons. They're nothing crazy, but mm -hmm. some extra cards to play with. That's awesome. That's, that's how you do it in those early days with the TCG. You know, just, like, all the stuff that... It, it just, you're essentially making space for yourself you know, giving it away, but it also yeah. helps, you know, uh, somebody else like bo boost their um, ability to play the game. I've heard plenty of people yeah. tell, say their origins in magic were essentially somebody who happened to have like a box full of commons and uncommons, just being like, Hey kid, you want this? Like that uh, yeah. old, you know, uh, Super Bowl ad or whatever, where the, the guy throws the Jersey at the kid for giving him a Coke, you know, they just happened to get dumped a whole bunch of cards and then they had to make sense of them afterwards. Um, but no, th that makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so you mentioned that you at PAX Unplugged, you met up both with your TikTok people and your Instagram people. Well, what else did you do at PAX Unplugged? What was your experience like at this most recent, uh, convention? Yeah, this was my first PAX Unplugged. And I think okay. I kind of jumped into the deep end, honestly. Like a lot of people were like, if it's your first one, just go with the flow, just like show up and do whatever. And I actually got, uh, hired by Sabobotage, which they're a Boba Tea Shop card game, and now they're Moco uh, game. So they just Eric, who is the designer, just started. Yep, started Moco Games, Mountain Coastal Games, and um, wow. he. Uh, I I actually met him when I first started my channel. He was one of one of the first games uh, that I got, and he didn't know who I. I had like ten followers, and he was like, "Yeah, here's a game." So I was like, "Okay, uh -huh. cool." Um, but he hired me to work his booth and sell his game. So I was working the Sabobotage booth and then I had uh -huh. meetings like meeting after meeting after meeting with a lot of publishers that I had been in contact with, but only uh -huh. via email. So I wanted to be like, hey, this is my face. I'm a real person, you know, 
Um, I've mm-hmm. done content for you. And then also just meet people who I'm a fan of. Um, like uh, Red Raven Games. I wanted to meet Ryan just because I love Red Raven Games. And so I was like, I just want to meet the designer. I just want to say, hey, I love yourself. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, do you think so? You worked the booth of Subobotage. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what was that like? And now that you've been through it, uh, what do you think are the benefits to hiring somebody like you, like a face? uh in the in the gaming community to run your booth instead of like i guess just your friends or yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's really beneficial if you can afford to hire someone to work your booth it's gonna anyone who's worked a booth by themselves by the end of the day you're you're dead you've taught your game who knows how many times your voice is hoarse like you haven't eaten because you didn't have time to go get food so having someone else at your booth with you like gives you freedom to do other things. Like when I was working the booth, Eric could go meet other designers that he wanted to meet or take meetings with other people. So he knew I was there to work for him. Um, also, like I'm better at teaching his game than he is. And I'm better <laughs> at selling his game than he is. And that's mm-hmm. the case with a lot of designers because a lot of people are like, I designed this game, but I'm not a salesman or a saleswoman mm-hmm. or a salesperson, right? They're like, that's not my strength. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can find someone, um, and I'm not even like, you know, I'm small potatoes compared to a lot of content creators on TikTok and Instagram. So obviously, if you get someone like the Zorkable Gamer or like Danny or like Grant to work your booth, like people are going to come for them. People are going to be mm-hmm. like, I love this content creator. I want to go to that booth just because I want to meet them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like All Play does a good job with that. All Play Games, they bring in like Board Gaming Mama and Zorkable and they brought in and other people to work for them at conventions because they know they have a big following mm-hmm. and they know that people are like, oh, I get to play a game with this person. Cool. You know, that's mm-hmm. very cool. That's actually a really great. Uh, what is what is the value proposition? It's like you, oh, yeah. you learn my game and you get to learn it by playing with somebody that you really respect or admire. I mean, that's that's a, I, I think we're going to have to start looking around for our own you know, a booth, I think <laughs> a we have booth presenter. I think we have a couple of them already. That's probably true. Yeah. It's, it's been and weird it's like, for us. Yeah, go ahead. I was saying too, like when you're working a booth, like I'm not playing full games of Sabobatage because we don't have time for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to kind of create, you have to know the game well enough to know how to create a good demo. Mm-hmm. Like how many rounds do, does your, do these people need to play to get a sense of the game and to enjoy it? You know, like, should you include uh, expansions? Should you not include expansions? Like, thinking about things like that. Um, and so, like, I would, when depending, I always cater to, depending on how many players were at the table. If it was a two-player game, I would cater to that as, and if it was a four-player game, I would treat it, like, totally different as a demo. Because um, ultimately, I just want them, if they have fun demoing, they're probably going to buy the game. Especially a game like Sabobotage, it's tw- it was twenty five bucks for the base game, which is you mm-hmm. know not not a lot compared to a lot of the other board games that were there. Oh yeah, um, I mean, we, we did sold, talk like, to uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, um, what is it? Uh, I'm blanking on it, but it was like a complete set of art and tokens, and you know, oh, know a, a game about. setting. Yeah, and it was yeah. he, they he had told the Viking he pitched. Music. <laughs> did they? I think so. They had like but Viking basically. Music they, but they had like five, it was $500. And I mean, it was 
well worth it but yeah. you know you that's like the situation when you go to a game convention you could walk the floor yeah. and run into one product that'll eat up your entire budget you talking about if the, you really fall in love with it the ttrpg people we talked to with the yeah beautiful art oh my gosh they mm -hmm. were they were fantastic a house uh, of something yeah it was a house of beardle or something like that i have them on yeah i mm-hmm yeah about, but i can't remember the name yeah 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 mm -hmm. they, they were they were cool people actually we're supposed to talk to them they, they said they'd do the podcast but um it's been a while since we've contacted anyone from pax it's just been non-stop since pax i feel like it's have you felt the same way yeah, you I, feel like you're just running 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 i still have games that i haven't covered from pax but you know oh, i also wow. it depends because some people uh, some people do pay me for content i you i uh it depends on the situation if i if i have someone that's like here's my game i need it filmed and posted in two weeks mm -hmm. i'm gonna charge them because they're gonna have to cut in front of other people mm -hmm. yeah a lot of times like the bigger publishing companies they usually don't have like crazy timelines because they're so big they're like here's the game post it when you when you can yeah they're like yeah. cool but a lot of smaller indie designers they're like my Kickstarter is happening in January. I need this posted by January. Like, and they also mm -hmm. have a very limited inventory. So just very mm -hmm. different. Yeah, I hear that that's the case. It's like when it comes to getting your game covered by TikTokers or YouTubers, you're not paying them to cover your game. You're paying them to cover your game now or sooner yeah. than they would get to it. You're paying them for a deadline, not for just the pleasure of being featured. Yeah, and yeah. it's also just a ton of work. Right. Like, I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it, to the extent that it hasn't been normalized yet, I mean, it definitely needs to be normalized for, for people to expect content creators to be paid for, to produce content for them, particularly if you're a company that has the means to pay them and you have no relationships. It's one thing if you have relationships with people and you're starting out and they want to help you, it's a completely different oh, yeah. thing if they don't know you from Adam and they've got a ton of work on their own and yeah. you're asking them to promote you yeah i mean people that i'm friends with i would never charge them to do a game mm -hmm. like if it's a publishing company mm -hmm. i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna probably be like hey here's my media kit um yeah it's it's you know you're paying me per hour basically you know if you want to look at it that way because i have to once i have your game i have to learn your game and i have to play your game probably more than once mm -hmm. maybe even if it's solo mm -hmm. or if i find i have some gaming groups too that i meet up with and i'll be like you know me as like th i just always bring games that they're like i've never heard of that game i'm like it's not out yet you know like <laughs> uh but yeah i gotta play it a few times uh then i have to figure out how to shoot it in a way that makes it appealing yeah what about your approach mm -hmm. to networking? Like, how do you, you, you mentioned networking as almost being a, one of your superpowers. What, how do you think about networking? Yeah. And what, what do you, what, what do you do that you think you do differently than other people? I think, uh, well, one, I, th I mean, it sounds like cocky to say, but I think I'm personable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that, I think I'm fairly well-spoken and um, I'm not afraid to initiate conversation or ask questions. Um, I'm also the king of cold emails. So <laughs> I'm like, hey, like email those people that you're curious about. Email those publishers that you want to connect with because worst mm -hmm. case scenario, they're not going to email you back. Yeah. Or they're going to email yeah. you and say, hey, right now we're not looking for anyone, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but every once in a while, I find I've, I've had 
some success with people just being like, who are you? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, sure. Here, here's our game, you know? Um, and I had to do that when I was starting off because people are like, why should I trust you, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that in person, it's very different because people know if you want something from them. Yeah. So if you're going to meet publishers at a convention and your goal is, I want to get as many games as I can, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're mm-hmm. gonna sense that, and I think it's yeah. kind of off putting. Like if mm-hmm. you just come up and you're not you're not asking them, hey, when did you start this company? Uh, how long have you been designing this game for? Hey, can mm-hmm. we play a couple rounds of this game? Like mm-hmm. really yeah. get to know them and the and their company and play the game with them, not just go up and be like, hey, can I get your game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You no, know? um, I'm also really good at because of my selective memory. I'm really good at remembering individuals like people's strengths, mm-hmm. and then I can connect them with one another. Oh, that's great. And that has been, uh, I think, very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, like an example, like a matchmaker. well, I don't know if I can. I won't use names because I don't know if I can use names yet. Okay. But I will say there was a an event that I got invited to at PAX Unplugged and there was prototyped games being played and I played this game and I was like, this game is so fun and I know exactly who should publish this game because they were like, I was like, are you looking for a publisher? And they were like, uh, well, kind of, but you know, we haven't really pursued it. And I was like, oh, well, I have someone that I want you to meet. Uh, do you want to go to this bar with me right now and bring the game and we'll play it with this person? And they were like, okay. And so we took the game to that bar. We played it with this uh, publishing company and then afterwards uh, that person was like dude i have to sign that game and they went and they spoke to them and hopefully it'll work out i don't know what happened after that but like mm-hmm. doing little connections like that or like meeting somebody who like makes an amazing product being like okay you make an amazing product but you need someone on the business end to maybe like help you out a bit even if it's just with advice yeah so like another example is Modern Meeple, if you haven't heard of them, they mm-hmm. make like, I think they make the best board game accessories on the market. Like, they make like a gamey, they make a gamey Susan, which is kind of like what one of their best-selling products was, but they make a dice throne tray. They have like uh, a solo player one that they make, but everything they make is like, it's, it's amazing. Um, and they haven't been around for even a year, I don't think, but they like sold out of all their product at PAXU, basically. Wow. So... Uh, basically I was like, okay, well you need to meet Eric from Sabobotage because Eric has a background in e-commerce and Eric knows how to sell a product. And he also knows where to get your, where to get like little pieces manufactured. If you're like, how much are you paying for that magnet? A dollar. Okay. We can do it for, I can, I know where you can get that for 25 cents. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? So connecting those people where I'm like, you have this product, you have this brain, you two need to like meet and talk. Um, and so I think that part of networking is something that I'm good at. It's just knowing who should meet who and how do I get these people in the same room? It's a huge skill to have. Do you, um, do you feel like you have met just like a ton of people purely through like the cold emails? Like what's the main way you're meeting people? Um, well, it started just on social media because mm-hmm. I haven't been to a ton of conventions. I've been to like the board game geek conventions a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and that's where I met a lot of TikTokers that I, you know, been like, Hey, let's meet up in person. And then PAX Unplugged 
like I said, I was just meeting people who I've already been communicating with mm -hmm. through email. So it's just putting a face to the email. Um, and then I just put a lot of work in. So yeah. I just, I'm, I'm like, okay with being like, Hey, I'm going to talk to you. And then in 15 minutes, I'll run down here and talk to you. Um, and then staying up, like, you know, staying up late and having a couple beers with people, you know, you get to know people mm -hmm. really well that way. How many hours a week would you say you spend on content creation? Well, it varies depending on, cause I'm a full-time professor. So depending on what my workload is, uh, there's been times where I've put in two hours a day, mm -hmm. sometimes three hours a day, like Monday to Friday. Um, but then there's times where I'm like, if I can make two videos this whole week, then I'll be happy yeah. because I don't have, I don't have the time to make a video right now. Um, or it's getting creative. Like people have given me their games and I'm not charging them. I'm just going to feature it. I might be like, okay, what's a less complicated way I could do this overview and still feature their video, but it's not going to take me an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, oh, so I think it varies. It could be anywhere from, it could be anywhere from like 10 hours a week to, I don't know. Sometimes I've done like up to like 20 hours a week. Sometimes it feels like another part-time job. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just not like, I'm just not getting paid the way I should get paid for a part-time job. Oh, um, that's awesome. Um, so I think my question is, do your students know about your content creation and uh, do they comment on it? They, <laughs> they didn't know about it. And then uh -huh. I popped up on one of their for you pages. Oh, and they were no. kind of like, they we're kind of like, what the F? Gabe? <laughs> You know, like it was kind of a weird, like the heck, because I don't talk about it with my students. I kind of like mm. in the studio, like I'm their professor. I also tell them like, I'm not their friend. I'm friendly with them, but mm -hmm. I'm not their friend because I want, when I get, when I say good job, it's because I mean it. And I also have the ability to point out what we need to work on because mm -hmm. your friend will just say, and you did awesome. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, you're my friend, you know, like, oh, I'm like. I try mm -hmm. to have that divide. And so I didn't tell them about my board games or anything. Um, but then somebody found it. And uh, it was really funny because I have this pop socket. Yeah. My little meeple yeah. on it. Yes. And one of my students was like, oh, isn't that the piece that they that you use in that uh, game Carcassoni? And I was like, oh, Carcassonne? I was like, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's called a meeple. It's like a, a mini person. And then they were like, mm -hmm. oh, they're like, yeah, me and my brother play that a lot. And I was like, they've never spoken to me about this before. Like, why are they talking to me about this? And then they were like, so I heard from someone that you have like a game channel? And I was like, yeah, I do. And they were like, that's really cool. And I was like, I think so. Cool. You know, like, now they know. <laughs> And you were like, yes, I got the teenager's approval. Yes, 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 yes. There's a board game TikTok. But, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think for them it was weird because most of the time in dance, it's like that's what you do. Like you live, eat, and breathe dance. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm like, you got to have something else in your life. Yeah. You're like, like dance can't be your job and your hobby. No, like – like it, like you have to figure out if dance is gonna be your hobby. It's got to be a different aspect of dance. It's got to be like dance for camera, or maybe it's like, you know, uh, dance magazine. You're gonna like write for them or something. But it can't just be all one thing. Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm like, this is my outlet. This is actually where I have the most fun is with gaming. Um, I love dance, but I don't like have fun, that kind of fun, 
dancing or teaching. To me, it's very it's a very serious thing, and it's something I'm passionate about. But I don't get the same joy that I get when I'm playing games. Yeah, you alluded to before getting kind of burnt out on dance. Like, what what was what happened? Like, how did that? Ha- you know, what was that process like for you? Getting- just, I mean, it's just physically exhausting. Like, boring, mm-hmm. traveling. Uh, you're just you're pushing your body to like its limit. Like I was mm-hmm. like, I would go to, there was, I have memories of like learning rep for the first time and then like throwing up afterwards just from exhaustion, just because you're like so tired and your body is so fatigued. Oh, man. Um, in it's like, I'm drinking water. I'm like eating, but it's just, that's what it is. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of rep where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get through this whole thing. Cause it's so exhausting, but you have to like make yourself do that. So I think, there's also that sense of like everyone is replaceable, so you have to, you have, you're you're the product. Yeah. Like you have to produce at a certain level, otherwise, um, you could lose your job. And so I I think it was just a combination of like feeling stressed about the work I was producing, what what my bosses thought of me. I'm physically exhausted, uh, and I don't have an outlet. For some reason, this really makes me feel like there's a, a Bull Durham style movie in set in the dance world. Oh, that's cool. Or, or there should be if there isn't. Should be. Yeah, Gabe, write it. <laughs> Come on, Gabe. What? You don't yeah, sound like you're yeah. that busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was your most memorable performance? I most. Oof. Again, it's tied, I think. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. I know <laughs> it is tied. It is tied. Okay, so there's uh, a place called Jacob's Pillow, which is kind of like the mecca of like dance festivals in the world, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in Massachusetts, actually. Um, and it's like invite only. Your company has to get invited to perform there. And it's like all the greats mm-hmm. have danced here. And so the company I was with got invited and I never thought I would get to perform uh, at Jacob's Pillow. And it was just like, it was like, uh, it felt like an out-of-body experience just being like, uh, like I'm dancing and I'm taking class in the same studio that like all these crazy, amazing people from the past have danced in. Yeah. And then equal to that was uh, I got to do a, a series of shows at um, the Joyce in New York. The Joyce is another like very historical theater that like just all this amazing dances come through. Mm-hmm. And I got to do uh, probably my favorite work that I ever performed. Um, I got to perform that work at the uh, at the Joyce, and it was called uh, My Brother's Keeper. Um, oh, cool. And it's a it's a multi generational work with uh, male identifying people that range from eighteen years old all the way up to sorry about that beep. All it. the way up to um oh okay I got a text and it was like bing <laughs> oh okay all the way Can't up to seventy five years old oh wow uh, so there's uh, it's just like and it's all about toxic masculinity <laughs> um, oh I'm gonna tell it's Sarah and Curvin I'm gonna be like stop texting I'm doing a podcast Sarah Curvin <laughs> please the Lorcanic you're wait. interrupting our record the Lorcanic and wait. Kervin yeah, wants me to great. ask you, by the way, if you could still consider him your board game daddy. He is my, I think so. He's he's also like, I feel like TikTok Yoda. TikTok Yoda. That's who Kervin is. Yeah. He kind of just knows everybody and knows everything about everything. So. My follow-up question backwards is, and in riddles. 
if if if, uh, if Kervin's your board game daddy, does that make Ben your board game stepbrother? <laughs> Maybe. I actually just met up with him too in uh in um uh, Naperville, Illinois. Oh, that cool. Area. oh cool. Yeah. Nice. I love how I said I texted Sarah. I said stop texting me, and then she texted back. Sorry. <laughs> that feels so bad you're like just you know and then they're like sorry you're like, especially sarah sarah's such a sweet oh. person i know it was mm-hmm. like brutal it's like yeah i don't know it's, it, it's well like, just yeah, like I'll, a I'll, evil stepmother I'll... from the dis from the extended disney universe you probably liked you enjoy making you know uh kind young women cry um so why don't we get a little bit into Lorcana because I know that's your the Let's new hotness and it's your yeah. way into TCGs and as you might know you've played X Seekers of Fortune uh you played yes. at PAX so you know that we're a TCG style game not necessarily a TCG and mm-hmm. uh I just so curiosity how long have you been playing Lorcana had you started playing it when you were at PAX or is it more recent than that more recent so i went to pax i had actually bought like a starter deck and some boosters mm-hmm. before pax but i only bought it because i was like I'm just gonna get it because there's product and i hear it's sold out everywhere um yeah. and then after pax i was finally like kind of like i love disney i love watching disney movies and i was like i kind of wanted to see like what this is about like i had fomo mm-hmm. so i cracked it open and um started just by i was like i'll just collect them mm-hmm just collect the sets and do it that way and um like pokemon style (laughs) pokemon style yeah i was like let me just collect Mm -hmm. them and i was like maybe i'll try playing a game but i didn't know where to start and so Uh um i noticed that like a bunch of tiktokers were getting into lorcana as well Mm -hmm. and so uh pixelborn which is a website which we're not supposed to talk about because it's not owned by disney but they're gonna buy it it's fine (laughs) <laughs> um, but I started I started playing on Pixelborn and I was like oh, okay it is a learning curve because mm-hmm. if you haven't played a TCG before yeah. I, I kind of thought I was going to be like well I played a ton of board games this is just going to click it like didn't click no. like the way I thought it would um, but once I started playing on there and I just kept losing there and then I was kind of like, okay, let me try to figure out how am I supposed to like build a stack or a deck. Right. Um, then over the Christmas break, I got my father-in-law into Lorcana cause he, uh, collects sports cards and sports memorabilia and he has always liked collecting cards. And so when I told him about Lorcana, he like, was like, all right, I'm interested in this. So we've just been buying packs together. We actually just split our first booster box together. Nice. Um, that was really exciting. And, um, I actually played it in person for the first time last night. I went to my first ever TCG event mm-hmm. at my mm-hmm. local game store. And oh. Oh, what's the name of the store called Eclipse Clips. Okay. Eclipse. Okay. Eclipse. I think they have various locations, but this is the only one in Texas. Um, All but right. it was phenomenal. I had, I'll do a post. You'll see a post about it. eventually. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, but I got, I got destroyed. I uh, lost mm-hmm. every game I played, um, mm-hmm. but to be fair, I uh, it was my first event, and I knew I was going to lose. I was like, there's no way I'm going to win, but I showed up, and the first guy that I played was actually a contractor for Lurkana through Ravensburger, <laughs> and he got sent places to like play the game oh and like, yeah. stuff like that, and so he knew the game so well, <laughs> I was like... I didn't even understand what was going on. Like, while we were playing, he was moving so fast because he just has every mm-hmm. card memorized. 
I was yeah. like, I just have to trust that he's not cheating because like mm-hmm. I can't keep up. Um, and he, it's supposed to be uh, so you play three rounds and one round is three matches, and so it's best of three. Mm-hmm. If you win the round, you get a, a booster pack. Um, mm-hmm. It's supposed to take fifty minutes, and I think he beat me in twenty. <laughs> like we did, we Fold he beat there. me twice in a row in twenty minutes. Yes. So I was like, I was like, all right. But then um, I, you know, I asked him questions because I'm. I'm always looking to like be better. And so I was like, can I ask you like, how do you build your deck? Like, how did you, how did you build it? And he like went really in depth with like where he started and then how he built characters around a theme and a mechanic. Uh, and that was really helpful. And even though I got yeah. beat by everyone at the end of the night, I got to trade some cards and uh, some of the guys who have actually done bigger competitions, uh, they helped me build a, a better deck based on the one that I brought in. Oh, that's nice. Cool. So that that for me was really fun. So I'm really excited to test that uh, deck out in person. What what kind yeah, of deck so, is it? Yeah. So the one that I've just built is uh, mostly evasive characters, mm-hmm. um, and so it's a lot of evasive characters, and it's and it's an aggro deck where I'm just pretty much gonna like throw out as many characters as I can, and in Lorcana mm-hmm. you have to pay ink to mm-hmm. put your characters out. Yeah. Um. So. Almost all my characters are inkable because you have some characters that aren't inkable. Um, and if you have too many of those, then you can't get any ink down and so you can't play any characters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and inkable means of, they was... could be played face down f- to produce ink. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'll show yeah. you because I have my cards right here. Hey, there you um, go. Are they sleeved up? They are sleeved up. These are the, this is my new deck. Uh, I have my whole book actually right there of like the collection. Yeah, you got to give it to Lorcana like at a distance that just looks like a magic card to me. Oh yeah, I mean it's the art is amazing. That's, that's yeah. the reason why people are into it. But it, you can see of here in the top corner, mm-hmm. this is like how much ink it costs to play this character. Yeah. And then the lore is on the side and that's how much lore you get if you quest with that person of yeah. that character. Mm-hmm. If I want to play this character the Mad Hatter, I have to already have had 5 inks laid down. And uh-huh. when you create ink, I can say, because, I mean, it's, I don't need to get too in-depth, but this little ring of gold around it, not every card has that. If it doesn't have that ring, it means you can't ink them. If I wanted to, I'm going to be like, I'm going to ink the Mad Hatter, place it there, and I now have one ink. So I can play a character that costs one ink. One ink, yeah. Yeah, so it is one of those games where you can choose the card instead of, their solution to the resource system, which um, I don't know how much you know about magic or how much you could relate to it now, but in magic, the debate for years has been, is it bad to get mana flooded or mana screwed and other games, which it is ultimately, but it is kind of like, you know, a, you know, an inherent flaw that you just have to ignore in magic. And so many games coming out in the wake of magic, or especially now, 20 years, 30 years later, are really trying to figure out other ways to to solve for this whole system because in magic your ink is land cards and those are completely separate cards in your deck that you might draw and sometimes when you draw them you have too many of them and it's not a spell and sometimes you don't draw your land cards and then you can't use anything to cast your spell so Lorcana seems to be going with the yeah Lorcana has the every card almost every card could instead of being the spell that it says could just be your mana yeah, it could, that is the case that they do have a lot of inkable cards, but there are a lot of uninkable cards that are very powerful. But yes. It's like, 
sometimes when you draw those cards, it's, I guess, like with mana or whatever, like, you know, you draw these cards and you're like, these are great, but I can't play them. Yeah, because exactly. I mean, the deck is, you need 60 cards minimum mm -hmm. for Lurkana. Mm -hmm. Some people go a little bit over, but you don't want to, you know, mm -hmm. make your deck too fat. Otherwise, you're just not going to draw the cards you want. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and so it's been really fun. I think I love the strategy of TCG games. That's like, I, I love mm -hmm. puzzle games. Mm -hmm. I love uh, any game that is puzzle-based, any game that has a lot of strategy I'm a fan of. I love worker placement games. I love engine building games. So with TCG games, what I'm realizing, even though I'm still very new to it, is I love trying to find the synergy between all the cards because mm. um, yeah. that to me is very strategic. Um, and it's a lot of like, it's a lot of experimenting. It's a lot of like, okay, if I put... I think I'm going to put these cards together. I think they'll play well. And then you play and you're like, I never had the chance to do this thing. And I thought I would, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I really, I really like that about, about TCGs. And I honestly want to play X. I want to play X fortunes again, mm -hmm. because I feel like now that I have a little bit more experience with TCG games, I think I would understand the game better from the get go. Cause when I first learned it from you, I was kind of like, I think I get what I'm supposed to do, but I have no experience with TCG games. Like when you texted me and you were like, do you have any experience with TCG games? And I was like, I don't even know what TCG is. <laughs> and then I, like, and I was like, oh, trading card games. Right. But I like didn't even, yeah. I didn't even get that. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Um, so I want to play it again now that I have a little bit more of an understanding. Well, there's okay. a well, really, go ahead, Joel. What are you going to say? I was just going to say, well, you should come out to Tuesday Night X, you know, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can come to our Discord server, the X Seekers of Fortune okay. Discord server. And if you have Tabletop Simulator, we can play it together. Do. I was That's what we should do is Tabletop, tabletop Simulator because, unfortunately, I have rehearsals every Tuesday and Thursday night. Oh, okay. It goes well, till, we'll... It goes till, well, actually, I think it goes till 7.45 p.m., so I uh -huh. might be able to like speed home, jump on. Well, we we go well, pretty late. We'll yeah, we don't just okay, put okay. down a. There's not like a a, a portcullis that comes down and closes. You know, at eight o'clock. Yeah. You know, you could show up at nine thirty, and we'll probably still be around and looking to play a one last game for the night. Oh, for sure. I mean, at least till ten p.m. Central, the streamers are still going because we have streamers now. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an intro oh, cool. stream that like focuses on just teaching the basics, and an advanced stream yeah. that's like for the high level. But the other thing is, if you're interested, we are starting a streamer league, and it's a it's going to be a tournament with prize support, and that prize support could be Lorcana. So, we're. Uh, I have no idea what you just said. So basically, it's, remember, I'm new to TCG. So like, what are you talking about? It's basically <laughs> you come, you play X Seekers of Fortune in a in a bracket tournament, and then the first and second place are going to get some some cool prizes, which they can spend on oh, okay, okay. different cards. So. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, um, I was just nodding. Uh, I was like, <laughs> "You're like, yes. I don't know what you're saying, but okay. Yeah. I hope this isn't incriminating." What I'm hearing though about Lorcana with your experience is, I feel like it's one of the the kids are all right moments where it's you've had a very similar experience to what it was like learning magic. Where, uh, first of all, when you play against somebody who really knows the game for the first time, it feels like they're cheating in front of you, but are able yeah. to justify it because it's the, yeah. they know the rules so deeply and so intimately. That's exactly that how it felt. Yeah, and that's the same. We were talking with Emmy about that a couple of weeks ago. How like 
when you when I when you first play Magic against somebody who actually knows how to play Magic and not just how to swing uh, cast creature spells and swing them at each other, and they actually know the other intricate rules. It's just like, what are you doing? I feel I feel like you're cheating in front of me. And so it's glad I'm glad Lorcana still has that, and also that the community is there and that they were willing to sit down with you and look through your collection and yeah. help you fine tune your deck to be better and that they sent you down the path of aggro i think that they're good people <laughs> i disagree controls well, where it's at i was talking <laughs> i was talking to well the guy that whooped me yeah. was total control his whole deck was built around making you discard oh yeah, yeah that's everything brutal. he played made you i never had any cards in my hand i was like that's where it felt like it was cheating i was like i can't even hold cards because everything he plays makes me discard mm -hmm. um but uh it's funny because I didn't really, I mean, I know that every community can have some, you know, toxic energy in it. Yeah. And Sonia was telling me that she was so happy. She actually did a post uh, in response to a comment. She was so happy that I had a good experience because she's heard so many stories about newbies that go to an event and it's just like, they don't have fun. Nobody treats them well. Everyone's kind of like, oh, this new person's here. And then they just don't play again because they didn't have a good experience. And she really loves Lorcana, and so she was like, I'm just so happy that you had a good experience because I, I want other people to get into this game. And people aren't going to do that if the environment and if the community isn't welcoming. Um, and a good last little story about that is this same night, my last night of the game, sorry, what am I, my last night of the game, my last <laughs> night gaming, um, I almost won one one match. I had 19, okay. you need 20 lore. I had 19 lore and then I got stuck and I couldn't get the last one and the guy came back and beat me. Oh dang. And then yep. we played, we had our next match and I was like, all right, I almost beat him this time. So maybe I can beat him this time. And then before the mm -hmm. game starts, he goes, just so you know, this game is not going to be very pleasant for you because now I know your deck and so I'm going to beat you much quicker. <laughs> and wow. I was like, oh. And I was like, okay. And so we play and he does. He he. <laughs> He beats me much faster, but before he wins, he, he has, like, two more lore that he needs. He's like, hey, I could win this round, but I'll let you keep playing a couple rounds so that you can learn more about the game. Oh, that's I was brutal. like, okay. And so he, I was like, okay. And so we played, like, two more rounds, and I'm, like, trying to figure out, like, what I can do with my cards to maybe, like, get some extra points. And then mm -hmm. two rounds later, he's like, okay, I'm going to end it now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 But he, he, but he, but he did it in a really nice way. It didn't feel to me like bullying me. It was like, oh, he's giving me the chance to, you know, play with him. And then afterwards, he actually gave me a bunch of cards um, that he didn't need because he was opening up some packs and he was like, I don't need these here. You can have them here. You can have these. And then he was like, let me look at your deck. And he was very like dry, which I kind of appreciate. I think especially in dance, a lot of the times, like you just need to be told like, this is what's wrong. And not like, uh -huh. well, maybe if you tried, like, no, you're not turned out. You know, you need that. Yeah. And he just like looked at my deck and he was like, these characters are not helping you at all. They got to go. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, so. Yeah. That's awesome. No. Yeah. It, it is It is very constructive to, uh, it's solid to have that, I don't know, like you said, just dry, let's cut to the chase. This is about winning. At the end of the day, Lorcana, a game like Lorcana is about winning, like just like Magic. So if you want to win, if you want to go to those competitive tables, you need to show up with the, the Hone deck that doesn't have any fat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Excellent. I mean, these guys were pretty serious players. I know like other people were like at other Lorcana TCG events. Some people, you know, I think the fun thing about Lorcana is because 
has all your favorite characters. Yeah. So some yeah. people are like, I'm going to make a deck with only princesses. You know, I'm going to make mm -hmm. a deck that's all built off of, you know, um, Cinderella. The cast of Aladdin. Whatever. Snow White. Yeah, the cast of Aladdin, whatever. And so some people just create decks because they just want to have fun playing with these characters. And then you have the Wrong. other side where you have people that are like, no, I'm just here to win. I'm not going to worry about if all the seven dwarfs are together, you know, or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Correct. And so, uh, like, uh, yeah, I just, I keep hearing stories like that. And I don't, maybe I'll build a deck like that, but I'm honestly more interested in being like, I want to build a deck that works. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to just build, I don't, I don't want to build a deck because I'm like, I love Cusco. So <laughs> I'm going to just, although he is a great character, he's in my deck, but I wouldn't just put him in there if he was just, because mm -hmm. he is Cusco, he doesn't get. All he right. doesn't get in like that. He well, one last spike. question. Yeah, you yeah. You, are, you do sound like a spike. <laughs> you, do you know the psychographs of Magic: The no. Gathering? No. Um, so there's three different like psychologies of player. And Danny, if, if I screw this up, feel free to step in and correct me. Okay. But there's uh, Jimmy's. I think they're Johnny's. Like, Johnny's. Sorry. Yeah. I always because Timmy and Johnny are so close. So Johnny, Johnny's all about big. You know the big you know just power plays um you know big creatures swinging in for a lot of damage uh and th that's a magic where you know what you're doing is turning your creature sideways and attacking your uh opponent and so they're usually about that then there's timmy's and timmy's are all about the intricacies of the rules and creating combinations of cards to do something big and flam i guess you would say flamboyant that they can be called clever for that's a you know Johnny. so they that's a Johnny? Yeah, Timmy's, oh, Tim, Timmy's a, like, it's a big creature. Yeah, smash with the okay. big creature. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's I always get those two confused because their names are so similar. But that's because the last one, Spike, actually has a really good separating name. And Spike is all about winning. Spike runs the cards that make him win. He doesn't care if he looks clever winning. He doesn't care if he looks dumb winning. He just cares that he wins. He doesn't even want fun. He just wants to win. He doesn't win. even want fun. Yeah. I don't know if I, I want fun, but I do think I I also like want to win. But maybe it's just because I got beat so bad yeah. my first time. Like I'm trying to go to another event and I'm like, I just want to win like one game at my next event. Like let me win one game, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully I can. Uh, but we'll see. I got. I feel like I got to get on Pixelborn and just try and see what what, yeah. what it's like. And you can play. You can play with your friends on Pixelborn. So you can play with randos, but you also can create a room. And then, like I've been, pl I played with Curvin and Sarah um, mm -hmm. that way, and we just Facetime while we're playing. Because um, it was funny. Because like yesterday, I asked Sarah if she would play me so that I could use that deck and just test it out. And she beat me twice, which maybe should have been like a, a like, hey, maybe this deck isn't going to do well tonight. But I was yeah. like kind of trying to justify it. I was like, it's just because I drew bad cards. Like, yeah, you know, we, we different all, in person. <laughs> we all, we not, all do. Yeah, and it wasn't better in person. It was worse. I, I got beat quicker. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I was going to say, uh, if there was one last question on the Lorcana front before we move into the mm -hmm. end of the episode, who right now is your favorite card? Like, what's the favorite card in your deck? And maybe you could tell us a little I, bit about that card. Yeah, so I think it's split between, mm -hmm. let me pull them out. There's a couple that I really like. Um, mm -hmm. But one, I really like the Flynn Riders. So there's a couple different Flynn Riders in the deck. Okay. Uh, 
we go. Okay. So this what is Flynn Riders? Where is that from? He's from Tangled. Oh, Tangled. Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I do remember those characters. Like this Flynn that I have, I have four of him in my deck because he says whenever this character is challenged, the challenging player chooses and discards a card. And he he's very cheap to play. He only costs okay. two ink, and so mm -hmm. and but he produces two lore, which is okay. pretty good. So he's cheap to play. He produces a lot of lore, which makes people want to attack him and get him off the board. But every time they take him out, which he's not hard to take out, but when they do, then they have to discard. So it's a way for me to thin their hand out. No, no. And then he, um, the other character that I love is Cusco, actually, because he, uh, he's not inkable. So you can see here, like he's not oh, inkable. Oh, so yes. That's, that's kind of a downside, but he produces three lore. And his thing is called, uh, he, first of all, he's a ward, so he can only get taken off the board in battle, not by spells mm -hmm. or songs. Uh, but his thing is called No Touchy. It says, when this character is challenged and banished, you may banish the challenging character as well. So it's like, hey, and he's, he's a little bit stronger too. So I'm like, if you want to take this guy off the board, then your guy's going to go with me. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep on getting three lore, which when the game is mm -hmm. 20... That's a lot, you know. That's, so yeah, it's good I think conversion those are rate. My two, those are my two favorite right now. Excellent. There's a lot of cards that I've been beaten by that I'm like, wow, I want to learn how to use that card because it destroyed me. So. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the best deck in Magic: The Gathering or Lorcana is the deck sitting across from you that just spanked you. Yeah. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. the best. Deck. <laughs> And not in a good Excellent. way, yeah. Yeah, not in a good way. I just want to say for the All record, right. before we move on from this, you're talking about the, the guy who made you discard your whole hand. When I first learned to play Magic, I learned from Joel, and Joel would just mind rot me after mind rot me. I like I would just constantly have to just discard all my cards. So uh, Joel has a little control in him. He doesn't yeah. like to admit it, but there's 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 some there's some sinister uh, sinister qualities there underneath the the surface. I have some machinations. I think, like, yeah, I prefer my control decks to rip apart hands versus uh, counter spells. I'll say that. Sure. All one right. day when I play Magic, I'll understand all of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get you, you know, next time we meet up, maybe we'll have a big Lorcana Magic crossover and we'll all play some old school Magic the Gathering and, and yeah. show you Lorcana kids how us old fogies <laughs> did it. Yeah. All right. I, I do want to get into it. And uh, Kervin was saying, actually, he was like, reason why a lot of us i think are getting into lorcana is because when you go to board game conventions you can't carry around all these board games that you want to play mm -hmm. but you know tcgs you can carry this yeah. around yeah this mm -hmm. is all you this is all you need to play so you're like okay cool that's why yeah. they exist i mean magic yeah. was literally created to be played between rounds of dungeons and dragons and uh yeah or downtime during dungeons yeah conventions okay yeah and now they're did you see the guys? Uh, this is a tangent, and we need to be moving towards the end of the episode. Did you see the the folks? Uh, I always forget. Danny, remind me of the name, but they had the lanyard game. Yeah, worn like, wanderers. Oh yeah, worn yeah. wanderers, and that's like that's like the next evolution of of the magic thing because it's like magic. You you still have to have a table to sit down at their game. That you don't even have to sit down. You could be standing up playing upright a game against somebody so it's just a they you know this technology yeah but i saw it at yeah. PAX U. i saw people playing it and i was like the heck are these people doing and they had their lanyards and they were like swirling on it <laughs> 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 
<laughs> All right, Gabe. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. I am really looking forward to playing some Lorcana or other games with you the next time we meet up at a convention or in between conventions, hopefully. Um, yeah. Was there any... Is, uh, we still... This might be... Uh, was it residual or... Uh, uh, I'm thinking, trying to think of the term, but basically we usually like to sum up the key takeaways from this conversation. So Danny and Gabe, was there anything that, Danny, was there anything that Gabe said that you particularly like latched onto? And Gabe, is there something that you know you said and it's like you really want to put an underline on it? So I'd say from what Gabe said that really resonated with me, I mean, I think first and foremost, like with the cold email thing, it's, it's, it, I mean, it, it may, it may sound, you know, like, um, conventional wisdom, but really like you do miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And the worst case scenario is that you're going to get an email. I mean, you're probably not going to get an email. That's the most likely worst case scenario. I guess the real worst case scenario is you get a creep emailing you back some weird stuff, but you know, if you're not, if you're not emailing Mega Moss Studios, it's probably not a big risk of that happening. <laughs> well, let you decide who the creep is think i think what i would go back to is just uh make content that you love make content that makes that you enjoy making because if you enjoy making it chances are people will probably enjoy watching it what's yeah. realistic is like no matter what you do i would say like 25 percent of the people that watch your content are not gonna like it yeah mm -hmm. could, i don't care i don't care who you are you could be like the most charming fun person you got great sense of humor you have an amazing camera, whatever, 25% of the people are going to be like, this is dumb. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's like, you're not going to be able to please everybody. So just try to be authentic with the content that you do make. And if people think you look childish, like whatever, you know, like I, I think you have to, I think it only helps you grow in confidence when you're just true to like, this is what I love. I love card games. I love board games. I like making silly lip sync content. <laughs> And uh, sometimes I wear a wig, sometimes I wear my wife's dress, you know, and uh, that's okay. And if people want to judge me for that, you know, I don't have time <laughs> for them anyway. Um, I would just say, yeah, make the content that you love uh, and just keep doing it. And eventually you'll find like-minded people doing that. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I can give that one my classic hell yeah, brother on that. And <laughs> if we happen to be making content that you love there in the audience, please like this video and subscribe on YouTube. And if you like us, but you don't want to watch us, you can also subscribe on almost any of the uh, podcast platforms out there, um, whether that be Spotify, Apple podcast, or my favorite last cast. So just find us out there and give us a five out of five star review for this five out of five star conversation. Breaking news, Fortune Seekers. X Seekers of Fortune now has its pre-launch page live on Kickstarter. Click the link in the description below so you can be one of the first people to support X Seekers of Fortune. Also, there's probably going to be some bonuses if you support within the first 24 hours. So be on the lookout for those announcements coming soon. Thank you so much, Fortune Seekers. Please support the game, support the show by liking this episode and subscribing to our podcast. And you know what? Support each other. Back to the show. Um, so with that said, it's time for us to move into a little something random. And from what I understand, I'm getting a reprieve this week and I'm not going to be tortured by Danny, but instead I'm going to be delighted by Gabe and your creativity. Yes. Okay, so first off, do you have any magic cards within reach of you? I can, get I can some go and grab quickly. some. 
Okay. You grab like just like a handful. Okay. Well, they usually come in packs of like a hundred. Oh, okay. Grab a thousand then. No, I'm kidding. No, he just wants to claw up the the kitchen or the couch. Okay, so I grabbed here for everybody to see. Don't tell you. Okay, okay. Well, here's my here's my classic Ultra Pro deck box that has my cards in it, and I'm ready to pull cards whenever you're ready for it. All right. So this is what we're gonna do. I have just a couple of characters from my deck. Um, oh, I this is kind of I was trying to think about how I could combine some improvisation mm -hmm. uh, with some TCG stuff. So uh, we have two ways that we could do this, but I'm going to try this way and I think it'll be better because you probably know the cards that are in your hand. Yeah. But I don't. And you probably don't know the cards that are in my hand. Okay. So we're going to take turns. I'm going to pull a card. I'll read it. And then one of you are going to have to create a gesture. Okay. Or, uh, or it could be um, pose, if you will. Okay. On how you think that character or what that card would look like. So it's how do you generate, how do you use imagery to generate movement? Okay. And okay. the imagery is coming from what's in here. And then we'll show the card afterwards. Okay. So for example, for example, if I took, you know, if I was like Minnie Mouse, stylish surfer, one of you would be like, I'm going to create a gesture or a movement. And then you would do it. And then I'd be like, this is what the card actually looks like. And then I would show you. And I'll do the okay. same with your magic cards. Perfect. Okay. Great. I pulled right. I pulled uh, four classics from the deck that I had. So I'm ready. Oh, should I'm we, ready should we be oh, pulling specific? I'll tell cards? you what. Uh, no, no, no. I'll tell you what. We'll do it. We'll do it. Or actually, I guess it doesn't matter. So we can kind of choose. But I'll go first so that you guys can. I'll break the yeah. ice. All right. Okay. Yeah, so, we'll do. Which one of you wants to pick a magic card for me? Oh, okay. You've got one ready, Joel? I'll look for some way you... Uh... So, I think I think I'll save this one for last. These two are interesting, but I'm I'm going to go with the Stone Cold Classic, Danny. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do the card Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know anything about magic. But okay. I would imagine Lightning Bolt would be something like like that. To, <laughs> like like that to me is Lightning Bolt. Okay. That's a pretty good mo that's a pretty good motion for it I would say. That that kind of is like it, when it comes to like what you're doing in game. Now you can see I'll show you the art if you want. Yes. So that's what Lightning Bolt looks ah. like as an artwork. Yeah, exactly. But I I do think that ooh, is what you feel like you're doing to your opponent when you do it. Ooh, like that. Yes. Cool. All right, well, uh, so I guess we should, now we should exchange, and you should do, I should be yes. the one to pose. Okay, okay. Mm. All right, well, since we were talking about Cusco, yeah. this is the Cusco, because there, there's different characters. Mm -hmm. There's this, there's a character, but there's many forms of them. So okay. This one is Cusco, Temperamental Emperor. Ooh. So who's taking this Cusco. one? To uh... Well, yeah, well, it looks like he's preparing, so I think it's <laughs> I think it's Joel. Joel is definitely a temperamental emperor. That's pretty good. That's how. Hmm. <laughs> the fact that you're sitting in a chair, I think, is even better. So yeah, yeah I, I was mean, ready to he's... get up, but I didn't feel inspired to get up on that one. No, he's an emperor. He doesn't need to stand. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I mean, he's literally like oh, this is a foil mm -hmm. card, so it's reflecting. But, uh, he's just sitting in his chair and he's just saying no to looks like these people are trying to serve him something and he's like no. um, all right, right. Well, I think uh 
All right. Don't, so, no, why don't you pull a card for? We'll call for Danny. Oh, a magic card. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, I know what all these magic cards probably look like. So. Uh, yeah, actually, because it's Danny, I, I picked like the most obvious cards for you. Uh, since it's Danny, I'm going to try to makes, pick one that isn't. Yeah. That, that's a. And even sorry. if you know the card, it's like maybe you remember the picture on it, but it's still like, what do you think? Yeah. This card. Actually, <laughs> how would I how would I block tell the artist to yeah. uh, portray or to render this card? Yeah, no, I think that that uh, ex exquisite firecraft. Oh, I remember like she's like, <laughs> how would you do it? Is that what the card looks like? I think yes, I... the card doesn't have movement. So okay. the card doesn't have movement, so yeah. you still have to add movement. Yeah, to there it. you go. Some That's little okay. flames coming out of the. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the card. Uh, there we looks go. Like... That's it. Yeah. The card looks like this. <laughs> so it's sort of swirling. There's actually there's a circle around the hand, right there. Let's see. Chandra's you can see. definitely doing this. Danny, you really came alive before you were only using your wrists, and then when you loosened up and you let your torso get involved, that's when it that's when it really came alive. I definitely felt like an octopus or some kind of yeah. cephalopod. Right. This is uh, this is going to make some great clips. Why don't we do a uh, Danny? Do you want to go again? But I'll give you a Lorcana card. This sure, time. sure, sure. Okay. We do. Uh... Maybe okay. uh, if we get far enough in this, maybe we do a, a competition where we both perform and you choose the one that you think. Oh, I like that. More stupid. Yeah. You want to do that right now? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it right now. Well, I have two. Okay. I have two good ones, but we'll start with. Uh... Are we going simultaneously or are we going to do like one and then the other? We could do simultaneous. So this way you don't feel like you have to change yours if you see. I like ones. that. Okay. Okay. All right. So this one is the Cheshire Cat. Not all there. Okay. So take a second. Cheshire okay. Cat, not all there. And then let me know when you're ready, and I'll count you down. Okay. I'm ready. You good? Mm-hmm. All right. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Okay. This is a tight one. I think I got to give it to Danny. I can't wait to watch what he, he did. Me, he was giving me these bizarre eyes, and this Cheshire cat has oh. these, like crazy eyes. So. Oh, where were you? Where were you, Winston? You could have helped you me out there. You were a ringer, Winston. <laughs> yeah. Winston's like, awesome. did someone say Cheshire cat? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's try another one. I've got one guys. for for you, Gabe. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me. Let's Should I also one. attempt to, to do this one? Sure. Why not? Okay. Why not? Okay, this one is called Venser Shaper Savant. Hey, what's the first word? Venser, it's a name, first name. And okay. then okay. Shaper Savant. Okay. All right, just give us a countdown, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. <laughs> okay. All right, go Shapers. for it.
feel like every one I do, I end up do, getting very fey at the end. It's like very like, hmm. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to give that one to Gabe. This oh, is what it looks you. like. He's, uh, you know. Uh, so not chilling. the best is... Is there any? Yeah, uh, that's that's one of those unfortunate magic cards that's like too dark to really read. Yeah, on, I can, on camera. Yeah, we can. Uh, well, can you find some art for Sh for Venser Shaper Savant and drop it in there? I don't think this is even the original art for this card. It's cool though. I don't think so either, because I think I was basing mine on the original art. Mm -hmm, probably. Here, let's see. All right, whose turn is it? Uh, I guess Joel, you have to. Yes, so I got again. another one for you. So I got I got a line I got a lineup of the yeah, Danny might realize that I've been pulling my cards from my burn deck. Uh if you haven't realized at home, then you're not a magic player, or at least not a modern magic player. So I got the two most popular, the most staple cards of modern burn in my hand. I'm trying to decide which one to go with. You know, let's get a little fun with it. And I'm going to go with uh, and you're welcome to ask me anything about this card at, uh, to inspire you, but I want to go with Goblin Guide. Ooh, okay. Goblin Guide. Okay. And tell me when, when y'all are ready. I'll do a countdown. Okay, I think right. I'm ready. <laughs> Here, I'll do it visually, Danny. You can see. Okay, you're ready. I think Danny's ready. Okay, so three, two, one, go. <laughs> okay those were two i mean like uh i will say i i have i i forget i don't think this is the original artwork of goblin guide i think i have a reprint art that's a reprint for sure yeah and I, but i'm just going to say uh you know not not that i'm trying to play favorites towards the guest but gabe your face work in that was just too much <laughs> For me to not give it to you, that was that was that was acting. <laughs> I do feel like we were very different goblins. Like you were like the hyper goblin who's like kind of crazy, and I was like, like, come here, come like here, weird. Yeah, I feel yeah. like and I was, was you were, like go that way. I think I was channeling the original Goblin Guide. Although mm -hmm. now that I see him, he's got like some weird things going on with his arms. I'm not really sure what's happening. I have no uh, preconceived knowledge, so I'm just going with yeah. what's in my heart. Well, I just like so that. you know, Gabe, I think this, the, to give you like the crossover with magic, um, so Goblin Guide, uh, uh, Magic the Gathering, okay, darn it, he can barely see anything, but the lore is power and toughness in Magic the Gathering, I'm pretty sure. And so he's a 2-2, two, two. so very much like York guy who comes down and is doing, getting you two per turn. Um, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just seeing something out of the core of my eye that distracted me, but basically my deck, this burn deck is very much like your Lorcana deck. It's like trying to go fast and putting down a lot of small creatures, uh, to do a lot of damage, uh, quickly. So he is very much like that. Uh, uh, I forgot which guy it was, but the, like you said, the two, Flint the guy Rider who gets guy. two lore Flint Rider. That's yeah. it. Very much like that. All right. So, um, I at least have I at least have one more that I demand we do. Just so you know, I've got. Right, how about we all do one everyone more? Everyone pick one more card. Yeah. Okay. We'll do it okay. that way. Oh, okay. Mine's mine's gonna be fun. My, just so you know, mine's a spell. Same as my. All right, I do have to admit this. This does make me want to play some magic, <laughs> and I haven't done that in a while. I'll play with you. Okay. All right, I have two options, and I'll, I'll see which way my heart goes. 
Choose the one that's easier for me to play. <laughs> there's, the, there's the goblin. Cool. Yeah. All right. So um, I guess uh, I go, or do, what do you want to go? Um, either way, I'm I'm ready. If you guys are I'll okay. F- mm-hmm. So in Lorcana, you have characters, you have items, mm-hmm. actions, and songs. Ooh. Okay. So some of your favorite Disney songs are cards that you can play. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a song. Okay. 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 And you have to embody the song. So it's four dozen eggs. See if you can nail. If you even know what movie this is. Okay. Uh, I have no. Actually, I don't know which movie that is. Four dozen eggs is the name of the song. That's okay. Yep. You'll just have to. What you think four dozen eggs that song that card would look like? Okay. okay. Then I'll give you the answer afterwards. Let me know when you're ready. All right. Let me let me adjust my camera here. I'll get something really dramatic here. Oh, okay, okay. Ready? We both got it dramatic. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, go. Whoa, this is really good. Okay, you know what? Joel, I think you get this one. And I'm very impressed because it was literally, you, you even ate the egg. And that's the card where he's juggling the eggs. Oh Gaston. yeah! It's like, it's like each morning I eat four dozen eggs, and now I'm the size of a barge. I love that song. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's an example. On this song, it says like, if you sing this song, your character gains resist two uh, until the start of your next turn. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, you actually have to right. sing the song? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Imagine Lorcana players are like singing at the table. No, it's. Uh, I'm sure some of them are. Yeah. Some of the like unhinged magic sets would definitely have had mechanics like that, like the unsets. Yeah. All right. Especially the early ones. Is it you or me, Joel? Um, I think let me go last. I think I have a punchline card. Okay, good. Somewhat of a punchline card. All right, the card I have for you, the last one I have is a is a classic card, very very okay. classic card, demonic tutor. Oh. <laughs> Let me see. Can I do this one sitting down? <laughs> All right. You guys let me know when you're ready. Okay, I think I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. All right. We're definitely giving this a game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think we both did something with glasses. I just saw the corner of my eye. He was doing a lot more with glasses. Yeah. So oh, I didn't even have my. To... This is the classic art. Old school. Oh. He has the old school demonic tutor. Yeah. yeah. Back when that the, the art like that is what got magic a lot of flack from like Christian moms, you know, who were like, "This game is ruining oh, our yeah. children," you know, and it, it was, but for different reasons. <laughs> You're like, it, it was ruining, yeah. Yeah. All right, gents. All right, okay, so we got this line. last one before we completely wrap up. And you know what? I'm just imagining we got fun here. We had fun, but like a lot of nerds, a lot of edge lords don't like it when you have fun. So when we play these clips online, you know, on TikTok, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people, you know, in the comments pranking on us, dunking on us. And you know what? I think we should skewer the critics. Okay. okay. Got it. When you're already, I'll give you a countdown. Looks like hey, Danny needs a little the, adjustment. You didn't give us the card. Oh, it's skewer the no, critics. The ca- skewer the critics. Oh, okay. 
skewer the critics? Yeah. This. Okay, okay. I, I'm ready. I mean, I'm just I mean, a little surprised you even have this card in your deck. Okay. I know it was it was like one of the last new cards I bought. Okay, three, two, one. <laughs> I I don't know. I think this one could be a tie. Danny's camera angle was doing a lot of work for him right there. I, all I saw was this. I was trying to look at the camera. So I think Danny was definitely going for the art of the card. And I, I Gabe, I really enjoy your um, <coughs> little magic. Yeah, card. yeah. You're clowning. <laughs> I guess you would say yes. That was yeah. great. So here's what the card looks like, and you can see it's. Oh, I'm that's, sorry, the, that's Danny's got to take that. Yeah, I think just from the perspective of he was performing the card. Oh, yes. But yes. 100%. But uh, we will definitely be, if anybody, I hope we can make a gif out of your whoop. Yeah. Because <laughs> if anybody criticizes the podcast, I think we're going to just have to post that gif right below their criticism. So, Gabe, what do you think of people who don't like the Super Secret podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and just for Danny's edification, the last card I chose but didn't, you know, pull was uh, Monastery Swift Spear. Ooh, I had um, Ugin the Spirit Dragon. Oh, that been tough. <laughs> All I right. I know how to say this card, but it was K N O X X. So I was like Nox, and it's like Water Spirit or something like that. Hmm. I was like, what is that from? I don't know. I think it's from maybe Frozen or something. It looks like this. It's like a horse. Ah. No. The Nox. I don't know what that's from, but yeah, maybe. Frozen 2? Frozen 2 born. is the only one that I could oh. imagine it being from, yeah. Maybe. I only saw Frozen 2 once, so. Same. I've seen it zero times. Probably still guess it in one on frame, though. Could you? Yeah. Uh, possibly. I, I. There's plenty of movies that come up on framed that I guess with one screenshot, and I've never seen them before. I just, how would you know what's Frozen 1 and what's Frozen 2? I will just have to wait and see if I get Frozen 2 in one screenshot. I'll let you know what the difference was. I would say Autumn Colors. That's what I would imagine. Are you if sure? I saw like, something that looked like Frozen, but it had Autumn Colors, I would think it was Frozen 2. Are you ready to lose another $100 to me on the podcast? No, I'm, I didn't lose the first $100. You <laughs> oh, you definitely did. You definitely did. Trickery. We can ask Will. Will, who won the last one? Just put the answer somewhere here. And then... Uh, Joel can well, uh, your co-conspirator? Yeah, I don't think so. All right, guys. I think I think that we must wrap this up though. Will will, you know, be upset with us if we go much longer. Okay. Gabe, it's been a pleasure having you. Where you can the, the the people know you know you now? Where can they find you? Where do you want to be found? Oh, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram. I'm Gabe Games underscore with underscore Gabe. Games with Gabe. I post there pretty consistently. I'm also going to be at some conventions, hopefully. Uh, I think I'm going to be at Tantrum Con mm -hmm. at the end of this month, which is uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then I think I'm going to be at Gamma uh, in St. Louis. And so if you're going to be at either of those, uh, please let me know. And I'd love to meet you in person. Awesome. Well, quite good. I hope we make it to Gamma soon. Um, Danny, what do you have uh, for people no, just check out uh, Tuesday Night X. We're about to kick off the Streamer League, which we, we talked about a little bit. There's still a couple slots left. There's going to be a prize pool for first and second. It's going to be the first competitive X Seekers of Fortune tournament. And uh, if you want to 
get in some uh, games and, and, and stream some content and have a chance to win some nice prizes, it's a good time. So come check us out on Discord. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it is. It is a really fun time. Um, you know, any Tuesday that I can make it to Tuesday Night X is is quite a blast, especially now that we got a recurring cast of characters. You're if you're a newcomer, you're definitely going to have a gauntlet of uh, seasoned veterans to get through, but they'll show you the ropes. Um, I think the one thing I have to mention is if you haven't yet, go to xseekersoffortune.com. There you can sign up for um, our newsletter to be informed when X Secrets of Fortune goes live on Kickstarter. But more importantly, you can also do our $1 pre-reservation. If you play a dollar up front, you will get a special uh, foil copy of Ancestral Dreams, which is a card that's not even going to be in the base set of the game, as well as up to 10% off on your Kickstarter package. So please go over to xseekersoffortune.com and reserve your promo foil today. Um, but with that, this has been Gabe, Games with Gabe. This has been Danny, yep. and I have been Joel, <laughs> reminding you that you must start somewhere so why not here? Thank you for listening. You didn't have anything, Danny? Oh, I have something. I, I, I'm, I'm a little busy right now Googling how to take someone to small claims court. What did I do? You haven't paid me my $100 from $100. just trouncing you, trouncing you on that prediction game.